Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thank you for listening to Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 24, and on this episode, I speak with Jeff Kirby. I met Jeff, but first of all, Jeff has his own podcast with his brother. It's the Nerdly Podcast, N-R-L-D-Y. It can be found at nerdly.net as well, and on iTunes, of course. Um, he does, with his brother, they do um, like video game reviews, and they talk about movies and science fiction-y stuff and Comic-Con stuff. Super cool. So anyway, I met Jeff because a while back I had posted on my Facebook page, hey, does anybody have any experiences with ghosts or demons or anything like that? I'd love to hear your story. And tons of people responded. I mean, man, there must have been 50 or 60 stories that I got from people and they were from the super mellow, oh, things fell off the shelf to full on demon possession, haunted houses, things that go bump in the night, wild, wild and wacky stuff. I think out of all of the responses, only two people said no such thing as, and maybe there were more people that didn't believe in that stuff, but um, they didn't post. So I, I really don't have a, a good barometer for that. That being said, Jeff reached out to me and said, I've got a story for you. And so we started talking and I said, would you be on the podcast? And he said, yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. So we talk about all sorts of things in this episode. We uh, we talk about Comic-Con and we geek out on science fiction and all that kind of stuff. And it is my dream to go to Comic-Con someday. I will do that. And uh, we talk about religion and uh, God and angels and demons and devils and all sorts of things. But the main thing we talk about is uh, the fact that when he was in his teens, uh, he was possessed by a demon or two. And so he tells that story of being possessed by some uh, interlopers that were not welcome and the subsequent removal of of those guys. Or I don't know, can you... I don't know if they're guys or girls. I guess they're just, they are what they are. It's a good question. I always think of angels as kind of feminine and and demons as masculine, which I know is silly, but that's just sort of in my brain pan. I don't think there's a gender specific. So that being said, this conversation is really, really cool, fascinating. We talk about so much uh, and I really dug it and I really appreciated the fact that Jeff was willing to, to tell his story because I'm sure it wasn't an easy uh, conversation to have because, you know, people hear stuff like that and they're like, what? I don't think so. But no judgment here. I was I was fully on board. So uh, hopefully you are too. And um, as always, heyhumanpodcast.com has got links and uh, information and such about this episode as, as it does with every episode I post. And um, Instagram.com slash HeyHumanPodcast. I'm on Facebook.com slash HeyHumanPodcast. And of course, I am on iTunes under HeyHuman. Uh, would love for you to subscribe. Take a minute and review it if you like what you hear. It's so helpful. Um, it helps, you know, get the word out. Uh, iTunes, you know, puts the puts podcasts higher up in the search engines and stuff. The more they get rated and reviewed and shared and subscribed to. So all that is wonderful. Okay, well, that's that's all the business. And uh, thanks for listening. As always, I really appreciate it. 
Here we go. Episode 24, Hey Human Podcast. Jeff Kirby. Yo. How's it going, <laughs> man? Uh, all right. All right. Just Thanks for being chilling on out. Human. Oh, yeah, sure. Of course. And you have Nerdly Podcast. And Jeff, I do. he brought me a prize. I got a, a, a Nerdly t-shirt, which is a brilliant graphic. Did you design this? I did, yeah. I do oh. all the graphic work for uh, for Nerdly. So. I love it. It's wonderful. Thank you. It's great. That's a uh, limited edition shirt. We're never oh. going to make that design again. I've actually burned the design. So <laughs> we're, we're done with that one. I'm very uh, excited. We're uh, like hopefully going to do some new merch in the fall, some hats and hoodies and that kind of stuff. Do you find stuff. the merch does well? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Um, you know, as as we grow, we've had more people, you yeah. know, order shirts and stuff. So, yeah, awesome. but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. That's very cool. <laughs> Gives me something sweet and unique to wear when I'm out. So tell the fine folks, you know, what Nerdly is about. We'll promote Nerdly too. Sweet. So Nerdly is a. Uh, it's a podcast and a website that my brother and I started, and um, it was really just born out of our passion for geek culture yeah, and nerd culture. I mean, we... What does that mean exactly? Well, like, uh, you know, I've been playing video games since I was five years old, yeah. uh, been reading comic books and manga, you know, basically yeah. Japanese I, yeah, comic exactly books. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I like the dirty ones. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Been there, done that. I do. Yeah, but when it's like hentai or, you know, something, you're like, oh, I mean, it's a tentacle, but it's kind of hot. If an octopus is having sex with a girl, I don't feel bad at all. Space robots, let's do this. I know. I don't feel bad for cartoons. I feel bad for humans. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I've been reading comic books and manga. I'm a huge anime nerd. Uh, I was, you know, picked on and and whatnot in high school and and elementary and stuff. So that's that was always my escape. Yeah, Yeah, and and uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons and you know just everything. And my brother's the same way, except he's more on the fantasy end of the spectrum. Tolkien. I mean, God, he's the big. We're trying to get Stephen Colbert to do a. uh, uh, Tolkien nerd off with us because be my brother would yeah, totally he, rape Colbert. <laughs> yeah, he knows a lot. Of oh it. yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty huge. So, um, yeah, and the nice. web we originally started with just the idea of doing the podcast, just like as a way to kind of share our geek passions, and you know, didn't really expect anybody to listen to it, but it would have been fun, you know, just to do. And and so then I was like, well, I mean, you know, if we're gonna do this, we might as well throw. a quick website together it's like a landing page you know for the for the podcast and um then we got the idea hey well you know let's give people something else to look at on the website besides oh hey it's a podcast episode so then we started doing like um you know geek news like what you know all the exclusives coming out of comic-con and you know that kind of stuff and that on my bucket list (laughs) oh i know we're dying to go i'm thinking maybe so we just started year two uh we just had our one year anniversary of nerdly and yeah of nerdly and i'm thinking maybe next year when we kick off year three we're gonna try and get press badges to comic con And, uh, you know, see what happens. So Please take me. I will cosplay the ass out of everything. We I would enjoy that will so need much. an assistant. I, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> get me there and that's all. And, and I'm in. And I will. I, I'm 6'1 almost. And I have 5 inch thigh high boots. I'm like, I nice. Will, I will full on dress the part. Do it. I will full Do on. it. 
We'll all cosplay. Oh my god, that's like a dream come true for me. But yeah, so the website just kind of, it kind of grew into a many-headed beast. We have various columns, you know, we have a film column and TV, we have a video game column, we have a, you know, strictly anime column. This is on the website. On the website, yeah, and we have a full Star Wars section. Hey, do you two, you and your brother do all of that? uh, Yeah, we we manage it, we've actually got some friends of ours that are volunteer writers, and um content people. Yeah, yeah, they help us out with the content, but in the beginning, for like the first three months, it was just he and I. We, uh, with our day jobs, too, I mean, we were probably working about 60 hours, 80 hours a week. I feel you, because I have a day job, and I do two podcasts, plus a songwriter, plus an artist, painter, so yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it was a rough gig there for a while, but we got friends, and, and, uh, you know, everybody seems to love it, and we've, you know, we're pretty impressed with our stats and our numbers on the site. You know, I mean, we've had over 20,000 hits amazing. in a year with no marketing. Wow. Like, just pure Facebook. sharing it on our Facebook, our personal Facebooks, sure. you know. And well, um, I think it's a big topic. I mean, your what you're talking about is humongous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's hilarious because... Um, you know, it's really funny Thanks, when we Big do Bang certain Theory. shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like, okay, so so do you watch Game of Thrones? I've never seen it. Okay, well... I want to read it first. There was a huge episode that happened this season. It was like fourth episode in, I think, or second. No, I'm not going to spoil her okay, anything. All right. And um, so we did a podcast. We For the entirety of Game of Thrones this year, we just did ten straight weeks of Game of Thrones recap oh, shows. Wow. okay. And it was the second or third week, and it was episode 40, and... Because of one hashtag that we put on the post, we're still getting between forty and fifty hits on that a day. That's incredible, and it's been two months. What was the you know, hashtag? Uh, I, I can't say anything, otherwise it's going to spoil it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm so curious. I know, right? Tell me off the air. It's it, you know, just binge it. It's, yeah. You know, it'll take you like two days. Oh, you mean it'll spoil the show? It'll spoil the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy at this point that I'm terrified to start watching it. That's really yeah. the only reason why I haven't, because I'm, I'm afraid that I will lose... You know, it'll be like being abducted by aliens that I will yeah, just lose, you just lose track of, of your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's so, how it is with us every year. And I kept, the books look so intriguing. I was like, I really want to read the books. Everyone's like, no, watch the show first and then read the books. I'm like, ah. Oh, no. I would read the books first yeah. and then And I'm a the huge sci-fi. I mean, I would consider that sci-fi. I mean, it's fantasy, yeah, I guess, yeah. but... I'm a huge sci-fi fantasy person. I love that stuff. So oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, yeah, I'm a big fan. Those are pretty much the only books I read is yeah. sci-fi and oh, fantasy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, stuff, I, I don't, don't really read anything else other than that. Yeah. Well, yeah so. I, see, I grew up in a family. My mom's my mom's side of the family was big friends with um, Frank Herbert and, and Ursula Le Guin. And, like, Wait, seriously? They were family friends. Yeah. So I was what? engrossed in, in Vonda McIntyre, Dream Snake. And, uh, one of the earliest science fiction novels I ever remember reading was Dune. Oh, so the whole it's, Dune it's series. It's not so good. Oh it's God. so good. I actually it's just amazing. reread it two years ago because Did I'm you? like, yeah, because it's been so long. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't Look read at, Dune in every years. Every single one of these books stands up the test of time. Yep. Every single one. I just reread, uh, let's see, Ender's Game and Dune. Ender's, Ender's Game. Game. And still sobbing at the end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and the people that went to see the movie, I'm like, Please just read the book. Like yep. the movie doesn't even. Not it, even it, it was good. It was okay. It was about as good as you're the gonna whole get. Point of the freaking story. I know. I know. So it's, anyway, well, you gotta draw people in, yeah. you know. And it's, I thought, like, we have to read Ursula Le Guin. You have to. And Vonda McIntyre is amazing. Yep. She won the Nebula. I mean, yeah. So I grew up in that culture. Nice. And, um, 
and I have two older brothers. I'm the baby, the oopsie baby out of the accident. Yeah, so my brothers yeah. are way older than I am. And so they, you know, they devoured all that stuff. And you just kind of, it and trickled down to you. And all those great covers of, like, the women with the huge tits yeah, on the dragons yeah, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> oh, so the Frank Frazetta covers oh, that man. he did for, like, Conan and all so that. Great. Yeah. Conan. My brother had all those books. And of did course, really? you know, as I'm hitting puberty, I'm like, oh, what is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was there at one point as a twelve-year-old male. Isn't and... that so funny? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's what nerdly is. That's what we do. And well, I was um, saying to you before we turn on the mics that um, you know I don't know a lot about game uh, video games. I honestly, I, I really the last video game I probably played was Miss Pac-Man, and before when I was nice. growing up, it was you know I loved. Um, uh, uh, what was it called? The Cubert game? Yeah, Cubert. And the one with the bird. Is it Joust? Um, no. Uh, what was the one? No, that, that was... Uh, it made that cool noise. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't And they laid the big it. eggs, you know? Oh, I can't think of it. I know what you're talking we'd about. We'd walk down to the 7-Eleven and play those games. And yep. that. But I never got into to, the video game culture. Like, just never... Game Boy and I, Super I Nintendo. I did play a game that I... No, I never did it. I loved the game um, Mist. Yes, and Mist was fantastic. I played that... Um, and uh, I really enjoyed those games where you had to figure out things like, oh, pick up this rock because you might need it for this. Yeah, like but RPGs. Kinda. I loved all that stuff because yeah. you know I felt really engaged in it. But the Doom stuff and all that, like shooting, it makes me kind of dizzy. First of all, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not good with the shooting games. I mean, they're fun. Yeah. I mean, it's I view them as kind of like a mindless escape. You yeah. know, like. Yeah. Going to go see like a you know a Marvel movie, yeah. you know. I mean, you're not going to get Braveheart out of it, but right. you know, it's fun for a couple hours yeah. and you know, kind of gets you out of the out of the rut. But I'm a big RPG guy: Elder Scrolls, Legend of Zelda, all the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, I never really had friends growing up, so I was always a big single player guy, yeah. you know. And I, my brother plays like Destiny and The Division, which are big, you know, like online games that you play with parties of people. Yeah. And I'm just I did play the I'm not that World of Warcraft with an ex. He got really into it, and he was literally like. 12, 15 hour days. Yeah, he, that he got was obsessed me. with it. That was and me so for in about order a month. to ever have sex with him again, I had to play it with him. <laughs> and so I would come down and like sit and play the game with him and I'd be like, and I have a very good intuition or whatever, yeah. and especially when it I know this sounds weird, but when it comes to electronics or I can sense things, mm-hmm. like it's it's hard to explain. But yeah. so I would always know when he was about to be attacked and be like, There's something coming and then sure as hell, you know, something yeah. would show up, he's like, How do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, I just know <laughs> The only way I could ever sleep with him was to be able to keep him from getting killed. I'm like, are you five minutes left? Just kind of reach over and you're like, well, this is a different version of Roadhead. Exactly. Seriously. So I did play that game. And no, it was fun, but it I, I felt like it took over his real life too Yeah, much. it did that yeah. to me for about a month, and that's when I was like, yeah, I can't do this. It's addictive stuff. I gotta act, I, I've got to actually make money to keep the internet on so I can play, yeah. but then I, I don't have time to play. You yeah. Know? My conspiracy theorist brain is always like, oh, the aliens are grooming us to fight the intergalactic war. Star, or not Star, uh, uh, what was that with the kid in the trailer park and they put the video game in and... Not the last Starfighter. That's it! The last, the last Starfighter. Starfighter! That's it! Yeah, okay, there you go. That was yeah. such a great movie. Last Starfighter. <laughs> no. Lance Guest. It was so Robert good. Preston. Preston. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, he was... Catherine in- Mary Stewart. 
Okay, I gotta get off Google. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. That, that movie was fantastic. But anyway, so in my conspiracy theorist mind, which is only a conspiracy until they prove it true, and then they always Indeed. prove it true. But um, that's what the aliens are just like, keep giving them all these video games, and get, they're gonna be able to fight the war that we're having up there that nobody knows about yet. I mean, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. I'll I'm ready fight for an intergalactic war. I mean, I'll get a desk job or, or a bridge job or something. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I always joke that I keep waiting for the aliens to come back for me, that they drop me off and they're like, see ya. Yeah, we'll but my wife and I are the same way. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to be coming back. Any time now, I mean, my God, we've hit critical mass as far as humans. Being yeah, human stupidity. And this planet is sort of at that <laughs> point. But. All right, so... So listen to Nerdly, because yeah. it is good. And uh, what I was going to say it's fun. is I don't really know anything about gaming culture, and yet I was still entertained by it, which I think says a lot about the podcast. Well, I mean, that, you know, it's my little brother and I, and our big aim was to kind of be like the uh, the property brothers of the geek world, you know? So we like, we hate on each other and pick on each other, and well, he picks on me, and I say I hate him a lot. That's pretty much the extent of it. it works. But you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. We have a good time doing it. And, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true. That's that's <laughs> get so paid cool. to play video games and read comic books all day and talk about them. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait till I get to that level where it's uh, it's a good play. gig. Yeah. It's definitely a good gig. So yeah. Well, so I posted on my Facebook wall a while about a month ago. Uh, I was curious. Uh, I just put a, a basic message saying, hey, has anybody had experiences with ghosts or or any kind of extraordinary things? And my God, like I must have had 200 posts of people. Yeah, I followed that for a while. Yeah, it was, it, was, crazy. it was a great thread. And yeah, people were just saying, I mean, just the best stories. It was, and out of all the couple hundred posts, I think only two, two people said, there's no such thing as ghosts. And yeah. I, I just laughed because I, I thought, wow, I wonder. And I respect everyone's opinion. I yeah, don't have yeah. a problem. I personally believe in that kind of stuff. But I just thought, wow, in this sea of, oh, my God, this was my experience. This was my experience. This is my experience. This is my experience. Mm-hmm. There's this lone voice going, I don't believe. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So you had said, I have a heck of a story, but I'm not going to post it here. And so I reached out to you. We yeah. didn't know each other yet. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and you said... And you have a great story, so I'm. It, it is an interesting one, that's for sure. I so mean, tell us. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. well, um, that was uh, for a setup. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I'm actually kind of nervous about this right now because this is the first time that outside of a couple of close friends and sure. you know my family and my wife or whatever yeah. that I've ever um, talked about this in such a open public forum, sure, you know, so it's, it's definitely going to be weird. So I may, uh, I may you fumble. You want that Prosecco now? Ah, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I got my tea and I've got hardcore vaping going on after this. So. Right. Is that what that thing is? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, the biggest vapor thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's, it's it like a, a hardcore a, one. It's like a Tommy gun vape. What it, what in the world? So it, uh. Yeah, I uh, run it at a very high wattage, and it heats up the juice, and I blow epic clouds. And okay. it's the only thing that's kept me off cigarettes in two years. That's amazing. Yeah, I was a 10-year okay. smoker, and it's Where fantastic. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. well, good, good on you. Yeah, I figured, hey, I had a kid, and I'm sick of changing my shirt and washing my hands and face every time I want to touch her. So <laughs> I was Aww. like, yep, time to change. Okay, there you go. All right, so... so. Um, so first well, of all, how were you raised up? Were you raised up in religion or not? Yeah, religion? yeah. I was raised in a Christian home. Okay. Um, but it was one of those, like, my mom's family's all Catholic. My dad's family was Assemblies of God. So I always felt like I was going to hell 
one way or another. <laughs> you know, it's like there, I was, you know, I never really went to confession because, you know, I mean, we hardly ever went to mass. I only went a couple of times with, yeah. with my cousin and stuff. But I knew all the rites and rituals and practices and everything. Um, never went to confession, so I knew I was going to hell in the Catholic world. <laughs> And there were so many things that I loved and enjoyed that were going to cause me to go to hell in the assemblies of God, you know, Methodist, whatever, all that world. So it was just kind of like this weird in-between for me growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, I understood the whole concept of Jesus and I understood the whole concept of God and, like, all the, you know, miracles and creation and all that kind of stuff. But it was just kind of like, okay, cool, you know? And... um and so growing up, I didn't have any friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, until I turned about 20, 21, I could count on one hand the amount of friends I'd had in my entire life Sure. and, uh, got picked on, beat up, you know, when I hit high school, it was like pushed downstairs and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, your typical nerd shove in the locker kind of jazz, you know, and, and, um, yeah, my, uh, my dad traveled about. 30 to 37 weeks a year on business and my mom uh there's a history of like depression and anxiety and and bipolar and and stuff that runs in my mom's family and she had it and you know had a bunch of life experiences that kind of uh aggravated that and made it you know more pronounced and she never really got much help for it and a lot of that would come out, you know, towards me. I was mm-hmm. an only child for about nine years, and a lot of that would come out towards me a lot of the time. So I felt growing up, it's like, okay, I leave one hell to go to another to then go back to that one hell, <laughs> that other hell again, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, the living hell. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It, and it, it took its toll in about 14, 14, maybe 15 is when I really started down kind of a dark path, you know, um, we were always Christians, but there was never a whole lot of like family practice and that kind of stuff. Like I had Bibles and, you know, and everything. And like, we went to church on Sundays, but it was for me kind of the darkness that was inside was taking more of a precedent, you know, in kind you of the back end. You were more interested by it, you mean? Or what do you mean by that? Uh, well, it just, you know, I was starting to get frustrated and angry, and I was letting that kind of take over, um, you know, because of everything that was going on with me and, and uh, you know, other human beings. <laughs> and um, I think I was about, I think I was about 15, maybe, uh, when I first attempted suicide okay um and i started down the path of self-injury you mean like cutting or yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. cutting um i want to sidestep because i've never met a cutter i've never met anybody that actually said they i'm sure i've met cutters i'm sure there's yeah. lots of them what is it about cutting that what did it bring you like a relief uh yeah like yeah it's when you have an open wound uh the way that your body um tries to heal itself is it rushes blood to that area to help clot the wound so it can heal and with that blood rush comes a rush of endorphins to kind of help numb the pain a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's that endorphin rush you get to you mentally and emotionally and psychologically you get to a point where you can't really feel anything anymore you become so detached from like an emotional, a normal emotion spectrum, emotional spectrum. Yeah. Um, it, it became a way for me to feel something, 
you know, I felt like I was really dead inside, you know, actually dead. And, um, you know, and I tried to be physically dead too, yeah, <laughs> quite, quite a few times. I mean, I've got tattoos and, 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 uh, you know, a lot of them are actually there to cover up scars, scars. you know, and, and, um, you know, one of the first ones I got was a star on my wrist to cover up scars that yeah. doctor said would never fully heal. And, and, um, you know, so, so I did that about 16. Uh, I was going to a Christian high school. I pulled myself out of the high school. I just told him, I was like, I can't even, I can't stay here anymore. I can't be with these people anymore. You know, um, all the teachers turned a blind eye to everything. Nobody helped me. Hashtag stupid Christians. And, no, no, um, <laughs> stupid people. people, I know. I, mean, I, know. I feel like what year was that? <laughs> it was about? a joke. Uh, it's about 2002, 2003. Cause I feel like there was. There was a time frame where teachers now they have to by law else are yeah, but there was yeah. a there was a grand section of time where they if they looked the other way because they didn't know what to do or they didn't feel they were supposed to step in or whatever. Well, the high school that I had entered into it it was full of what they call um, lifers, and these kids went through. The same elementary, the same middle, and the same oh, high school those together. Are the worst and a lot of those kids would then go on to the same university oh, together. Yeah, so you feel like a total and, outsider. Yeah, and I showed up in my sophomore year of high school, yeah. and you know, and there were a couple other kids that started when I did, and we were all kind of outsiders, but none of us had any common interests, so we weren't even friends with each other. And um, you know, like I had, I would have somebody, you know, I had somebody one time find out my, uh, find out my AOL instant messenger, uh, handle. And he started sending me messages. What he didn't realize was that my computer was in the same room as my dad's and we were, you know, working on a project together in the same room. And this kid like started sending me death threats and stuff and, and, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to slit your throat. I know where you live, like all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, obviously my dad was sitting there, so he took care of it. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that would happen to me, you know? And, nice, nice children. And, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and so all of that culminated into, you know, diving headfirst into depression, mm -hmm. uh, you know, suicidal thoughts, self-injury, so I pulled myself out of the Christian school in the following semester, you know, it was right before summer break and the following semester, my first of my senior year, uh, went to local public school and it was there that I actually made some friends with common interests. You know, I ended up starting the anime club and, and, you know, we would get together and play D and D yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And some of those kids were into, uh, a lot of darker things. A couple of them were aspiring practicing magicians and, you know, that kind of stuff. And Not so your that, party game magician. No, like no, like full, full on rituals, yeah. you know, like yeah. I, I was there for a couple of rituals uh, where animals' blood was spilt and prayers oh, were made. Yeah. And I never took part in anything because there was always still that kind of like that Christian part of me that, you know, the Jesus part of me that was like, yeah, you should probably back off there, bro. You know, so I, um, but I was still like super, super good friends with all these people and it, and it definitely rubbed off and things were not getting better at home. Um, you know, and I just ended up making friends with a lot of the wrong people and, you know, spiritually that sent me down a dark path and finally I just... I got to this point, I researched all the different religions 
and I didn't find anything that was enticing to me. Because I started thinking, you know, okay, well, maybe Christianity is not my thing. Maybe Jesus is just not my bag. You know, so let's research all this other stuff. And nothing really caught my interest, you know. And, and so finally, I just threw up a big fuck you to God and was like, you know what, I'm done, dude. I am done. I don't want any part of this. All Christianity has ever done was fuck me over. Um, you know, and I'm just, I'm over it. Right. Completely. And that was when, that was the turning point for me, um, you know, when it comes to a spiritual thing where, like, darkness started coming inside of me. Um, dark thoughts. Dark thoughts, dark uh, emotions and feelings. You know, my dad said that over a short period of time he would notice that my, uh, looked like my skin was getting very... Um, you know, taut and, you know, like I, there was a physical change and a physical transformation. I always had dark circles around my eyes, no matter how much sleep I got. And it got to the point where, um, so in our old house, my room was the attic of the house and it was a converted attic. So, I mean, there were walls and everything and I, I had, and it spanned the whole length of the house. So like on one half I had like couches and like a TV and that kind of stuff. And the other half I had my beds and everything. And, um, so like I would, when laying in my bed, I could see clear across to the other end and, and it got to the point where every night I would see a tall shadow standing in the corner of the room across from me with red eyes and it would just watch me all night long. And that went on for a couple of months and then I started hearing voices in my head. Were you scared of the being or did you just sort of... I was, but I wasn't at the same time. I mean, I didn't like it being there. You know, um, Did it, but it was, it was odd and it was awkward. <laughs> you know? It's it like, is. oh, something I he's, don't think he's is like, entirely. Dude, I can't find the remote control. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just try to watch some anime, bro. Um, where's the PlayStation controller? Uh, I'm being irreverent now. No, um, right. <laughs> I make jokes because well, I'm nervous. Yeah, you, that's what I do. You said that, um, you had kind of said F you to God and then you were, mm-hmm. um, but, and you felt like you were bringing things in. I thought that was a really interesting use of words. You said, I was bringing in these dark feelings externally, bringing yeah. in, and then there's a, suddenly this dude. Exactly. There's this physical manifestation of that stuff. And it was a little bit later after that that I started hearing voices in my head. And I, would, and I got to the point where I could actually have conversations with this one particular voice in my head. And it was, it was all right. I mean, it actually kind of helped me deal with some things, you know, to a point. And then... But explain the voice, though. I mean, like... uh, It was just like, um, I mean, it would, I knew it was in my head, but it sounded like you and I having a conversation right here. You said that he helped you with stuff. Yeah, just like I I would think to myself, like, oh, hey, I'm in this situation. I don't know what to do. And there would be a... Yeah, it would actually answer, you know, and it got to the point where... I could actually be like, hey, dude, what's up? And it would respond and we would have conversations. And um, after a while of that, it got to the point where I could physically feel something in my head. I always used to say it was like a worm, you know, like I could feel something. Like if if I put my hand to my forehead... I could feel the flesh raise as something moved around in my head. And that's when I knew things were 
not exactly okay. Now, did you, and, because um, of your mother's um, having issues of mental illness, did you, like, depression and stuff like that? I was in counseling. Yeah. Uh, I was in therapy. I was supposed to be on uh, medication. I abused the medication because I really enjoyed abusing pills, <laughs> um, you know, which is kind of why it's difficult for me to, I'm still in, still in counseling. I'm still on, you know, medication to kind of help me. You know, get those, get those emotions and chemicals balanced and in check and, and, you know, but it, it is difficult, like having to go to my doctor and saying, yeah, I have really bad anxiety. I really need something like, I know Xanax has worked for me in the past. And they're like, yeah, but you kind of abused Xanax for like two years. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, damn it guys, come on. It was 12 years ago. Come on. You know? So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I was on medication. I abused it. I was on Ambien because I had really bad insomnia. I'd get like an hour of sleep a night. If that, uh, there were a couple of times where I went two or three days without any sleep at all. Uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. Uh, I would see things that weren't there. You know, I would hallucinate. Um, I was on Ambien, so I would take like four instead of half of one and read a, you know, read a sci-fi novel or a cyberpunk novel and then walk around my room hallucinating that I was in the book. That was a fun experience. I I took Ambience (laughs) once when I went to make a record in New York and and the doctor was like, oh, you've never taken this. I was having this massive insomnia, which isn't Mm -hmm. good for singing. And uh, so he said, just take half a pill to get to kind of, but if you act weird, go to bed, go to, yeah. you know, try and go to sleep. And I was like, okay. And I was rooming with my bass player and she, I told her, I said, Hey Lizzie, if I'm going to take this Ambien, start acting strange, you know, kind of put me to bed or whatever. She's yeah. like, okay, cool. And I, I was reading an us magazine or some, some shit. And the people, it was all Harry Potter. They're like waving at me and stuff. Uh, yes. And I called the Lizzie and I said, totally Lizzie, had that. come here, you got to see this. Look, they're like yeah. waving and they're moving from frame to frame. She's like, yeah, time to go to bed. Yeah. I've, I've had that happen. Yeah. I've had that happen before many times. Um, so yeah, so, uh, things just got progressively worse and worse from there. Um, started doing drugs, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But because of my mental state, I would like, uh, my one and only acid trip because of my mental state was horrible. I, I was at this party I dropped and I just sunk into the chair and watched everybody walk around with their flesh melting off. Mm, that's fun. And then I had a sea of flesh and blood at my feet. That was the last time I ever touched <laughs> any kind of psychedelics. Um... And, you know, it just it was your quintessential downward spiral, you know, drinking. Uh, I was 18, 19 years old. Are your parents kind of going, what is going on? They didn't know how, they didn't know half of it. Okay. They didn't, they I mean, they knew. knew I had problems. <laughs> parents never know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they knew I had problems. Um, and, you know, they knew I was taking medication. They knew, you know, but at, at the same time, I was working at a Christian ministry. Because... <laughs> so you know, because I, I kept a lot of how I felt about religion inside, and um, you know, I mentioned this before before we start working that my my dad's worked in radio for a long time. I've worked in radio now for about fifteen years, um, and it was I I technically didn't graduate high school because of some weird tuition thing, and I couldn't go to college, so I was like, well, I got to get a job, 
And where my dad was working at the time, it was real easy for me to get in there because I was doing audio editing and I was good at audio editing. So, you know, whatever. So all of that made working there really awkward for me. (laughs) And, um, you know, I had some friends there and they were, they knew something was wrong, but they were very encouraging. They never pushed me. They were just there. They showed me the decent side of Christianity. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever seen that. So I like really latched on to some of these people and, and, um, you know, I mean, all the while I'm, you know, sitting there having panic attacks if I leave one of my razor blades at home. Like I had names and personalities for all of them. I was borderline schizophrenia, you know, I was, it was horrible. And finally I just decided, I woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. And Jesus may not be it, but I can't keep living like this because I'm going to die, you know? And, and you're like 19-ish? Uh, yeah, about 18, 19. Um, I was like, I, I, I don't actually want to die. I just want to stop hurting, you sure. know? And um, so I made the decision I was going to quit doing drugs and quit drinking. And I did. And I tried my absolute hardest to quit cutting Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, from that point forward, from that decision forward, I never had another suicide attempt. Um, and right around that time, I reconnected with an old girlfriend of mine. We started dating and things were going pretty well. She was very encouraging to me. She, we met when we first moved to Nashville at church, okay. you know, so, you know, her family was very religious, but she, after we kind of reconnected, she understood where, where I was and understood that I was trying to change and was very encouraging for that. It was the first time anybody had ever been that way for me. Yeah. And, um, so I latched onto her too. Yeah, sure. And so we dated for, you know, quite a while and that was in... I think 2005 was when uh, that movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, came out. Okay. And I'd always stayed away from exorcism movies. Just it, it was something. I mean, I'd seen The Exorcist when I was a kid, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a really great movie," but I it didn't sit right with me. It scared the shit out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and it didn't really scare me. It was, and I don't know, maybe that was a sign number one that there was something wrong with me because <laughs> I just sat there. I was like, "It's a pretty good movie." You know, oh, I you know it was a it was a good horror flick. And I always get scared by those kind of movies. I always say that I can see any slasher movie and, and find the humor in it. But yeah. when it comes to demonic possession or ghost movies, yeah. I freak out because to me that's real. Exactly, exactly, and, and that's a possibility. I don't think Mike Myers is going to pop out of a lake and slice me up. You yeah, know? but, but I, a demon? I mean, whatever. Devil? And, Not devil, but demon. I don't know. So that so that exorcism of Emily Rose movie it intrigued me because it was made. by by Catholics mm-hmm. and you know I researched the story it was essentially a true story and I was kind of excited to see it and you know I heard it was very fair it wasn't you know shock and awe for the sake of that you know I mean it obviously had to appeal to a mass audience but you know I mean it was it was very fair when it came to religion and I really wanted to see it so <clears throat> Bought tickets. My girlfriend and I went to go see it, and about halfway through the movie, there's this there's this scene where they're trying to do an exorcism on this girl, and she breaks out of the house, runs out to the barn, and there's like you know quintessential you know knives flying everywhere, crazy storm, whatever that kind of jazz, and the priest runs out and he's like commanding the demon to give it his name, 
and uh, the demon says we are through the girl we are legion and then goes through all of these different names you know I am the one that was with Cain I am the one that was with Judas I mean it goes through all these different names and the final one uh, the final name it won't release and so the priest is like I command you in the name of Jesus Christ give me your name and it said Lucifer and at that point I was like fuck this shit (laughs) so I tried to get up and I felt a physical hand shove me back down into my seat and hold me there. And I was like, what the hell is happening right now? And so I watched the rest of the movie and it really shook me. Like it got to me. And I don't know what it was, but it's something about it really freaked me out. Especially that scene. So I went home, my girlfriend took me home, and uh, she was really worried about me, and she called my dad and was like, hey, you may want to try and talk to him, because he, he's really freaked out by this. And so my dad came into the room, I'm like sitting there on the couch, like shaking, like I'm like physically, violently shaking, and, and um, so he came in, he's trying to talk to me, and I told him about that scene. And I'm like going through all the names that she said because they were burned into my brain. And when I hit the final one, I couldn't actually say Lucifer. Like I physically could not say it. Like my tongue would not move. Uh. And at that point, that, that's where the fun started. <laughs> um, flip back down on the couch uh, involuntarily. Lost complete control of my body, and in my mind, it was as if uh, I was in kind of how I describe it as like uh, if you're like in a high school auditorium, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the stage, and like in my mind, my consciousness was like you know walking down towards the stage, and there was this being on the stage and when I, I couldn't make it out what it was and when I got to the stage I could tell it was the worm that was in my head it was an actual honest to god demon and wow. you're I, I'm like you know come on man <laughs> like seriously are you aware at this so, point of the room no no I have zero awareness of the room and I remember specifically being in my head you know viewing kind of this sequence and he had a chair and he drug it to the back towards the curtain of the stage where there were no spotlights and commanded me to sit in the chair and I sat in the chair and then he pointed at the front of the stage and said watch me perform and the front of the stage was my body and I lost complete control over my body 100% I couldn't move I couldn't do any I couldn't talk I couldn't do anything I was scared shitless and uh, what proceeded to happen was um, you know kind of your typical kind of exorcism thing you know Um, there was I, I and you know, I, I wasn't on the outside looking in. I couldn't actually see what was happening. I couldn't control a lot of it. I was stuck in my head. And there was a lot of it that I'm confused about still. I mean, even 11 years later, you know, I didn't know if I imagined certain things happening. I felt like I was levitating off the couch. But your father um, was there. Yeah, he was there. And, you know, he 
corroborates everything that I said, you know, like I felt like I was levitating off the couch and apparently I was a little bit at least, but I felt like I was higher than I was. Um, speaking in another language, I couldn't say anything spiritual, um, you know, either positive or negative. Uh, trying to think of what else, man. It just, it, it, you know, there was at one point I do remember being on, uh, I had flipped over on the couch and I was on my stomach. My head was kind of turned. So like my ear was laying on the couch and my arm was bent so far backwards that if I wasn't in that situation, it would have popped out of its socket, but it never did. You know, and and right now it's your father at this point saying prayer. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I mean, he's scared shitless out of his mind too, and he's like, well, I mean, this is my boy, I got to do something, you know, and and so he's like, he's praying, he's, you know, we called a friend of ours who was an actual minister, and and uh, but a you know a really cool dude, he's my dad's best friend, and so he came over and he's kind of had experience with this stuff before, so he's. You know, like he knows kind of the the rhetoric, yeah, you know, and and kind of what you need to do in a situation like that, and so he came over and they're both praying over me and everything, and after I don't know how long, I mean, it could have been thirty minutes, it could have been two hours, I have no, I can't remember, um, you know, it it ended, but I knew it wasn't gone and I knew it wasn't over, but the experience at that moment ended. And, you know, so like we, you know, after we all got calmed down and everything, we went to bed the next morning, woke up. I thought about going to church, but then I was like, you know what? After the night I had, fuck that. So, so at this point, though, are you like, you're going to bed in that room, the long room that has had this Well, room. no, this was downstairs in our family living room, and okay. I just slept in the living room. I just, I just slept on the floor. Were you like, holy shit, I'm, somebody's in me? And yeah, yeah, exactly. And then here's a question, too, about the movie theater. You said that this hand sort of pushed you around and held you. Um, do you think, looking back, that that was an evil hand or a positive no, hand? I think, going, no, positive I, I think. No, I think. Watch specifically this. So you know that what's was, going on to you. Well, I think specifically that was God yeah. saying, you know, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. This. Enough is enough. This is what's going to get you to the point that I need you to be at, you know, as it's an individual. It's so weird the minute you said that about the hand, because when um, I've died twice. And, Fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, once by drowning and. Uh, uh, once on the um, on the surgical table, but um, oh, wow. at one point when I was about thirteen or fourteen, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's that's why I asked if you felt that was like a god hand or something, because uh, my brother and his friends and myself we went hiking um, up in the mountains uh, where I grew up uh, on White Horse Mountain and big rock climbing and we were climbing, mm-hmm. climbing, climbing, and uh, just free climbing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a teen, early teenager, like thirteen, and uh, I slip I'm pretty far up and I start falling ass over end yeah. and I'm like I'm gonna die and I mean I just I was like I'm gonna die because I'm gonna break my neck This is, and I was going fast and then Jeez. suddenly something like turned me on my ass and pushed me I mean I felt the hand push yeah. me against the and I just slid all the way down on my ass damn but I felt that's why when you said that about the hand I'm yeah. like I felt that hand before yeah it was uh, it was strong it was crazy I've never experienced anything like that you know Since, in my life yeah. and it, yeah either before or after yeah, you know and it, it uh, but don't you find that interesting when two people have never met before yeah have yeah thing? it is very it, and see that that to me is part of what 
helps me believe that all of this is legit. I mean, I obviously have other reasons to believe that all this kind of stuff is legit, sure. but but that to me is is one of the big things is it's like you know, to me it's when I look at all the different religions around the world and everybody's like, yeah, the the flood didn't happen. You know, well, how can every religion in the world have a flood story? Yeah, every single <laughs> you know, it's, oh, and it, they're thousands of years apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, but at the same time, you know, but even the, the fact remains, the principle is still there. You know, it's like yeah, something happened. Something is going on. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't just have all these different cultures and peoples from across the planet. You know that have never even met each other. people on my have Facebook the page. same yeah. you know experience. Exactly. You know, and and so. So yeah, so that Sunday I uh, decided I was going to skip church, probably the worst decision ever, but in hindsight, but you know, I was tired. <laughs> um, so we, uh, you know, part of, part of what we did at our job was we had a, a show that we produced on Sunday night. So Sunday night we went to work, came home and, you know, my dad was like, okay, well, before we go to bed, I'm going to, I lived the entire day in fear. Like just, I was terrified of something like that happening to me again. Cause I hated it. And, uh, so he was like, okay, before we go to bed, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to anoint you with oil, sign on the cross. I'm like, all right, cool. You know that, you know, I'll take all the help I can get at this point. And I don't know if this actually happened or not, but I felt it happen. Um, the moment his oil covered finger touched my forehead uh it burned like fire like somebody was branding me on my forehead and he may have done the actual cross but it felt like the satanic cross to me you know upside down and um I could feel that brand on my on my head and it burned and I immediately went back into the same situation, you know, flopped back down on the couch and it was the same kind of thing, you know, as the night before. But my dad had kind of had, you know, he was like, okay, I know what to expect now. You know, I, I have an idea of what we're going to deal with here. And so finally he was just like, you know what, I'm done. And, um, he started uh, commanding for the names and realized that there were three uh, demonic entities that were assigned to me. Uh, one that lived inside of me, one that was assigned to the whatever property I was on at the time, whatever location I was at, and then one that lived in my room and was like kind of assigned over my possessions or whatever. And the boss, yeah. Well, the boss was inside. Me. Oh, okay. And but um, there was like a sense of hierarchy there. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely a sense of hierarchy, and um, he got two of the names out, and he said that when he got two of the actual names out, uh, he felt something leave, like you know, because. Uh, in the religious world, if you can get a demon's name, there it's like you've discovered their secret identity. You know, it's like if people discovered Bruce Wayne was Batman, you know, it's like, well, he couldn't be Batman anymore. You know, and, and there's no anonymity there. They're just a rich guy with toys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no anonymity. There's no. So there's why no did they give up the name? Do you think? Uh, you know, because, well, they are, they're still bound by God, 
you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's essentially it. I mean, they know the Bible forwards and backwards. Um, you know, they can quote the Bible just as much as somebody who's memorized it can quote it. Um, and, you know, they are still bound by that ultimate power, you know, and so, um, he couldn't get the last one's name, or if he did, I don't remember. The one that's in your room. Yeah, the one that was in my head. In your head. Yeah, and um, so finally he's tried another tactic. And he was like, leave the way, leave this body the way that you came in. And for years, I mean, 10 years, I would have horrible Charlie horses in my right leg. And like horrible to the point where it would last for about 20 minutes and I would have problems walking. I would be limping for like an hour afterwards. Um, felt like my leg was just absolutely on fire. Like I wanted to amputate it. It was so bad. And um, so I was like, leave the way you came. And at that point, I started feeling uh, my throat start closing up. It was trying to choke me. It was trying to kill me, suffocate me and kill me. And so my dad was then, he was then like, um, God, I command you to send me an angel or, or I ask you to send, send an angel down here to, to command remove it. this, mm -hmm. you know, to command it, to leave, you know, my son's body. And, and at that point I felt like time stopped and everything stopped around me and I was still, you know, kind of suffocating. I was still being choked and I could feel it. It felt like just this big lump writhing mass in my throat. And, um, and I actually, at that point, and this is where, if it wasn't already weird enough, <laughs> this is where shit gets kind of really weird. weird that it's not weird to me? Um, <laughs> how's that for weird? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Um, you're one of the first, uh, I actually saw an angel appear over me. And, uh, Was it blue? No, actually. Okay. Uh, just kind of looked like a normal human, long hair. Uh, the armor, it was wearing armor. Uh, oh, it's wearing angel. And, yeah, it was... Uh, my mom always used to tell me that Gabriel was my guardian angel when I was a kid. You know, like, oh, Gabriel's your guardian angel. I never really put any stock in that. I was like, what the fuck ever? You know, I don't know. I mean, nobody's ever seen this shit, you know, and... And, um, but it was actually him. It, it was Gabriel. Like I knew he never told me his name, but I knew that's who it was. Armor kind of looked like the elves armor in Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you go and you watch the movie, except it was brighter. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was clean. Um, sword was some sort of a crystal you know, it was a translucent crystal sword with, you know, not really a scabbard on it. It was just, you know, just like a little holster yeah. and, you know, but no full scabbard. And he appeared before me, uh, floated. He smiled at me and I could tell it was his way of saying, I love you. I'm going to protect you, you know? And it was the first time in my life I'd ever felt that completely, um, safe you know, like ever in my life. Yeah. And, um, so he wrapped his hands around my neck <laughs> and started choking the thing out. And at that point I could hear my dad again, like, I command you to leave the way that you came. I command you to leave the way that you came. And 
you know. So now you have a demon choking you from the inside. And, and I have an angel, Gabriel, choking me from the, the outside, outside, but he's trying to move it to where it came in. And I could, f- ev- like, once it left my throat, I could move my head again. My head, my eyes, my mouth was under my own power. Yeah. And I could see this black writhing mass, you know, move throughout my body. Um, and as it left a certain part of my body, I regained, you know, ability, ability in that, in that part. Try to go out of my left leg. And that was obviously not the way that it came in because it got stuck and it, I felt like my leg was burning. Um, and so then it, I saw it move back up my left leg through my groin, then down into my right leg and it moved out of my foot and it was gone. It was the first time in my life I'd ever felt completely whole as a human being. And, uh, my dad said when it happened, um, when it happened, oh, I'm leaving out one, one important part. Okay. So like when, when Gabriel appeared, um, I forgot about that. How could I forget about this? This oh, is like the biggest thing. It's okay. Just got the in to the like fit. I got yeah. into the physical aspect of yeah. the whole thing. Um, I actually, for the first time in my life, heard God speak to me, and it wasn't just like a this deep booming voice or anything. It was just yeah. It was kind of like having a father talk to his son. You know, it's like a you know, you're a little kid and your dad talks to you, and you know, it's just kind of like this comforting older voice. You know, and and. He spoke just normal, you know, and he was like, okay, here's the deal. Either you renounce me again and you'll be dead in two weeks, either by your hand or some some other's hand, or you can trust me and have faith in me or, and I'll save you. You'll be fine. You know, it's just, there, there comes a, he's like, he was like, there, there just comes a point. You're you know? crossroads. Exactly. It was, he was giving me that option. Cause you announced him out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple years beforehand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that, and I actually responded this way. I said, well, okay, God, I am accustomed to eating and breathing and kind of this whole existing thing. So I choose that. <laughs> and that's when Gabriel appeared and yeah. that's when, you know, yeah. that whole situation. So Left out on my foot. I finally regained control of my entire body. And my dad said that he saw my physical appearance change. Like, physically change. My skin got fuller. Color came back. He could actually see color in my eyes again. My, you know, my eyes weren't shrouded and hooded anymore. Um, You know, he was like, you look full compared to how you look right now in this moment, he was like, you looked like a skeleton before, you know, you just were so just dead yeah. to everything. And now you actually look like you have life in you. And so from that point forward, you know, I mean, I, I went through kind of the, the typical, you know, like as a kid, you go to some youth group convention, you know, choir, the fire or whatever. And you come back and you're all like cloud nine. Yay. God. And then like three weeks later, you're like, fuck it whatever and so I mean I went through my cloud nine phase like it was church every time it was open and got rid of all my secular music and you know all that kind of stuff and then I kind of chilled out a little bit and and you know I, I moved in with some guys I made some friends at, at actually this like young adults college age kid um you know just kind of get together had some friends of mine that went and they invited me and 
the guy who ran it was an artist manager for a couple of Christian hardcore bands. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it was, it was really cool, you know, it was super chill and I met some dudes there and found out we had been to like the same two hardcore shows the week before and had seen each other. And so we became friends. I crashed at their apartment like two nights in a row and then just never left (laughs) and moved in with them. And, and I finally got friends and I navigated my way around, you know, Christianity and religion and, here I am about 10 years later and I'm still trying to figure shit out. You know, right. I mean, I'm it's still a lifelong journey. Yeah. I mean, I'm still super rough around the edges. I mean, I still say fuck all the time. I don't think God cares <laughs> about No. Yeah. That, that was something I had to come to terms with was like, God doesn't care what music I listen to. He doesn't care what books I read. I mean, I, I, I think there are some books that, you know, I gave up watching hentai and reading the dirty mangas. And, you know, I think there are certain things that God's like, Oh, Okay, no, 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 I do kind of care about that, dude. You know, and, and um, so, but, you know, I mean, he doesn't care what books I read. He doesn't care what music I listen to, whether I have tattoos or piercings or, Ultimately, you know, it's what's in your heart. Yeah, it's how I use the life that's in my yeah. heart and in my soul that means more. And I've actually had uh, closer relationships with atheists than I ever have, like, hardcore Christians, you know. I've never belonged to church. I've never belonged in Bible study groups and all that kind of stuff. I just, I do, and, and, and I've lived my life for about seven years this way once I kind of got things figured out. Um, I do the best that I can to leave individuals' lives better than when I met them. Right. And... I don't do it from some motivation to convert people to Jesus, you know, and shit like that. I do it because I care about humans. Yeah. And I don't want people to go through the same shit that I went through. Do you think that that, that the beings were with you longer than you thought they were with you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, there are still times, uh, you know, I feel like I have something important I'm supposed to do while I'm here. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's necessarily like what people call their God given calling or you know, and I, I think that God can sit there and, and say to some people, Look, this is what I've got for you to do. I want you to go and I want you to do this. You know, I mean, he's done it throughout the whole Bible, you know, and uh but I don't I don't think that's what this is. I think um you know I don't know. You know, I have I have something I'm supposed to do, and because of that, and because of my past experience with the whole what I affectionately call Exorcism Weekend 2005, uh, I still want to make a T-shirt about that. Um, you know, I survived. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sidetrack. Um, I still see. I still see a tall, dark shadow with red eyes that will watch me sometimes from afar. Um, But it's not physically allowed or metaphysically allowed on any piece of property that I'm on. It is never... It's always hovering right on the edge of the property line of where I'm at. Waiting for you to change your mind? Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or just waiting to to get me. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to do something important. Either my kids are supposed to do something important. I was supposed to have them or... I'm, you know, I'm sitting here waiting on that situation to come up where I'm like, boom, 
this is it. This is why I'm alive at this moment in time. Um, but until something like that happens and I recognize it, or even if I never recognize it at all, my goal is to just be a better human being than everyone else, including the majority of Christians. <laughs> well, religion can really mess people up. Yeah, it's like... the religious people, not the faith-driven people, yeah. you know. Religion I've... and faith are two, yeah, as far as Yeah, so. yeah, they're two completely And what you have things. in your heart, I don't think you have to go to a church to be, to have exactly. Jesus in your heart. And I think that Jesus is the epitome of a loving being. Mm-hmm. He's the physical manifestation of, of an idea love. of love. The concept of, yeah. of true, pure, unconditional love. Yeah, so whether you look at Jesus as a real person who existed mm-hmm. or a metaphor, either way, yeah, whichever, it's still, who wouldn't want to be that guy? Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want to be like that guy? So even if you're an atheist... You know, which I'm not, but if, if, yeah, if, if yeah, I were, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with atheism at all. And, um, uh, I mean, two of know, my best friends a, are complete and other yeah, 100% most of my atheists, family, you know. Most of my family. But it's, you know, it's you can't deny the idea of that being, you know, the Jesus, the Martin Luther Kings, the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all flawed. You know, Jesus apparently not was, flawed. But, I, I don't think he was, but, you no, know. No, we'll no, just, no. You know. I'm, just, no I'm, I'm talking about the Martin Luther King flawed. Yeah, yeah, And the Gandhi yeah. flawed. I mean, these are not perfect human beings. They yeah. had their foibles, but they were as close to preaching the message of Jesus. The actual message of yeah, Jesus. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like I, I know people that follow the whole Joel Osteen, John Piper, prosperity gospel, whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of shit. And the, those people make I me just, nervous. People that I yell about their religion make me nervous. hate it. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't say that often. And, and you know, they're, I mean, yeah, I use, I use language and I, you know, I'm like, oh dude, that's a bullshit, you know, whatever. But there are specific times where the actual definition of the word truly applies and I use it with Every I use that word with every fiber of my heart, and it, that's this statement. I fucking hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I do because it it you know I know a lot of people are like, oh well, it gets people a lot closer to God than they would ever be. No, they're spouting off a false version of Christianity. It's a self help version of religion, and it's bullshit because it's not going to do anything for anyone else. Like and that's day. the antith- that's the antithesis of what Jesus was trying to do was he was saying don't do what don't do things for yourself do things for other people and it will help you feel better sure. you know and that's and don't look at what the left hand since, is doing yeah since that left. since all that yeah. happened to me that's how I try and live my life and and it's hard I mean it there are still times where yeah I mean I, I you know, like my wife goes on a trip and I'm staying at our house alone and there are times where I'll just lay there and I'm like, yeah, I should probably take another trazodone because otherwise I'm just going to lay here terrified that something's going to happen again. You know what I mean? I, it, you know, it's Is an, it was an, what's that? Is that a sleeping Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. It's a sleeping medication that, that works with my anti-anxiety stuff okay. and, and, um, you know, I mean, it, it was a rough experience. Yeah. It still freaks me out. And I've seen possession movies since then, and they still don't bother me just as much as The Exorcist didn't bother me. You know, it's just that I'm a big horror movie fan. Yeah, and, sure. and I like that stuff, you know. But the I have a lot more reverence for it now than I used to. And I'm not afraid, 
but I do fear it because it's a it's a higher power than I am. It lives on a different plane of existence than I do, and it doesn't. I don't have the same type of power that it does, and so I do fear it. You know, um, but I fear it just as much as you know. Like I, I fear the power of like the angels. You know, it's like they have more power than I do, and if I did something stupidly shitty. You know, I could be taken out you know, by either side, <laughs> you know, and so at that point, it's like, you know, we always fear what we don't understand. We always fear what we don't know and what we can't comprehend and grasp. And I think that's OK, you know, but I still kind of have this little niggling in the back of my head or in the back of my heart sometimes where I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, not many people go through that. You obviously went through it for a reason. Sure. And you forever will have a target on your back. And it could happen at any, at any time, hmm. you know, and it's, I try not to pay attention to that, you know, cause I'm like, well, I mean, but you God can that. cover everything, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, he protected me before, especially after I was like, yeah, cool. I want to live, save me. Um, and he has protected me since, but it, uh. You know, it still is kind of a fear, you mm-hmm. know, that, that runs in my head. Sure. And the other fear, too, is like, you know, there's so many Christians that don't believe in this shit, you know, and, and they, you know, they don't, they don't believe that there's a spiritual plane, you know, that's separate from ours. It's another, I mean, it's essentially another dimension. I mean, they've basically all but proven string theory and the multiverse. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't think... Like when people say, oh, heaven's up and hell's down, that's not what it is. It's just a different plane of existence. And it was made to be separate. And I think that it will merge again. I mean, if you go back and you read Revelation, whatever, I mean, I think think that those planes will merge. Oh, yeah, for sure. But see, for me, like, I don't, um, I've had my own little altercations. Nothing, um, I know. I feel like. I am God. The God is of me. I am of mm-hmm. God. And so, you know, not not from a religious standpoint, but from a being standpoint. Yeah. yeah I know my heart is true. I know what I believe in. I know who I'm fighting for. I know which side I'm on. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that in and of itself well, feels like... See, to me, that, make me scared. That, that is kind of in line. And you're going to freak out. I'm sure a lot of people are going to freak out when I say this, but... Um, I think it's Crowley's Thelema, the or, yeah, Alistair's, uh, the uh, Thelemite kind of uh, mentality where it's like, um, uh, do what thou wilt, that's the whole of the law, it basically taking care of yourself, and you are, you don't need an external power, you are that power. And, an integrated being, and yeah, in a way, yeah, uh, you are your own god, and that kind of rolls in with like uh, Ayn Rand. And her concept that she uh, propagated in like uh, anthem. I don't know that um, I would call it though my own but, God. I well, like I well, am of God. And see, yeah, yeah, word. and see that—that's where I was going to deviate yeah. from that kind of. You know, I was bringing that up, and now you know, moving into that, I think that there is a portion, a very small portion of that that's true, because if you believe in creation, you know, the creation story in the in the Bible, whatever you believe in that happened as it as it happened, you know, as it says or whatever um we were made in the image of god we 
we were his finest creation, his masterpiece, and we were made in his image. And there is a, he breathed into Adam the breath of life. When that happened, there was a part of God that transferred into us. So we are a part of God. I mean, that's, that's what the soul is, I believe anyway. And at that point, yeah, we do have that power. You know, and I think guys like Crowley have just taken that to like a whole nother level. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, let's go the all the way to the extreme. Mankind has been trying to figure out how to use absolute power for their benefit for a long time. Exactly. But, you know, and, exactly. Hashtag you know, the, Illuminati. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Bible is a facet. I, I minored in world religion oh, cool. in college, and uh, I've always been fascinated by religion. And mm-hmm. I grew up in a household that, um, everything was talked about all the major religions all the minor all the mythology like everything and so i feel very lucky about that um so my uh, my thing about it is that every person is right in that whatever they believe Mm -hmm. is true there's no there's nothing any nothing you could say nothing i could say nothing anyone else could say and whether they're, you know, Team Luke or Team Darth. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it is what it is. And yeah. nothing gets past... The, the ultimate The power, ultimate, yeah. yeah. And we are made of stars, you know. We are made of the very was fabric it, of existence. Was it um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? We are made of star stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from Cosmos yeah. a couple years uh, ago. Yeah. Which I love that series. Yeah. I, I, Love Did you ever it. watch the original? Oh the yeah, movie? Sagan. Oh, he was Carl first, Sagan. Was... He was my first crush. I can real. see that. Him and Spock. It was kind of a tie. Spock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Leonard. Yeah. Prosper. Spock reminded me a lot of my dad. You know, so. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. a fascinating subject. It really is. It is. You know, I could sit here and talk about this shit all day long. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I do too, and I'm I'm very thankful that you talked about your experience. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I follow this other podcast, um, this hardcore band that I grew up listening to called Emery. Uh, a couple of the guys started a podcast. They call it Bad Christian, and they like they drink and they curse and they, you know, they're See, like, I hate that we're all, well, it, it's but, like they're all. Their ideas were all bad Christians in need of a great savior, you know, and, yeah. and so it's pretty cool, you know, and they talked to hardcore bands and last year's Halloween show, they actually had a former uh, high warlock in, you know, the satanic church, uh, Levian Satanism, not the International Church of Satan. I know, I was going to say, that's just, those no, are just people. Yeah, those are people and, who like to talk about religion. Yeah, and he... Um, yeah, he's not in that anymore. He's he's a Christian now. He's actually a youth pastor, which is hilarious. Um, kind of like on the it, to me, it's it's the same level of hilarity as Alice Cooper being a youth pastor. <laughs> um, but his story, man, and it, it just at the end of it, they were like, you know, thanks, we really appreciate you being on the show. We really appreciate you know you know you opening up. And he said, look if there's any chance that what I went through and what the things that I've done and experienced could help someone else better understand themselves Mm -hmm. and their, their relationship to the spiritual world, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to, to do that. And I feel the exact same way. You know, if there's somebody out there that's confused about this stuff or that, that, you know, has experiences with this kind of stuff or whatever, I mean, you're not alone. 
yeah, you're not alone. You know, you're not fucking weird. You're not a creepy guy or creepy girl. You're not or insane. Yeah, some you're of not. You ins- may be insane. You're not insane. You know, some I mean, maybe somebody. Some maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but you know, I mean, if it if you feel like some of the things that I've yeah. you know kind of related are happening to you or have happened to you or whatever. You're not crazy. And this happens to a lot of people. So it seems to me, and it's getting talked about more and more, which is great. Because the more it's talked about, um, the more out there it gets, the the more people will kind of figure out what's going on. Find understanding. I believe that we we are made of this pure love from a loving place and that we forget. And that's where all the bad crap goes down. And that we spend our life trying to remember who we are. Yeah. Which is a child of God. For me, that's my... Yeah, yeah. And yeah. God could be replaced by anything. It could be light, universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just the, the big, warm, fuzzy ball of dew in the sky <laughs> or in the other plane or whatever. Yeah. I, I see for what me, you mean. For me, it's very... Uh, I, I like to... I don't like to speak in absolutes because yeah. um, I think it, it um, alienates a lot of people. And um, I encourage the rhetoric from every angle because I, first of all I find it intriguing and interesting and I love a great conversation and when I yeah. see the fact like you and I are talking we come from different I feel like we're talking about the same thing but differently we're yeah, coming to the same different angles yeah and- but we're not yelling at each other. We're yeah, not getting no. mad. You know, and yeah. that's the thing I mean, with that's... religion that freaks me out. It's like, why is everybody yelling so loudly? Exactly. You just have it's a like... conversation and you'll find that you're actually pretty similar. Well, it's, it's like, um, you know, I, I've always said, I found, I would f- find if I actually sat down with, with hardcore conservative, you know, Christians, mm-hmm. and I actually asked them questions about what they think should be done with, like, the poor and with, you know, uh, those who are less fortunate compared to those who have worked their butts off and gotten what they have and all that kind of stuff, I think they would tend to lean a little more towards the neutral zone where both conservative and liberal, you know, it's just, it's the same thing with religion. I think if everybody sat down and just talked, didn't scream, didn't wave a gun or a knife at anybody and, you know, kept the bombs at home uh, and we all just talked, I think we could all come to the same conclusions just from different angles. I just wish people act a little bit more like Jesus, to be honest. So the bottom line is... Bam! That's it. That's what I That's that's what I hate about this world, is that you get all these Christians, and like nobody acts like right. Jesus. Nobody it's, loves. Nobody yeah, well, accepts. There's that nobody, great, and I, you know, I was trying to remember if I read this and it was an allegory, or if it was actually somebody did this. But it was a story of a new uh, pastor had come to town, and it was Sunday. Oh, and he yeah, he dressed up like, like a, a homeless like guy. Like a homeless guy, and he begged and begged, and, you know, and yeah. people just ignored him, and they were like, ooh, gross, or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, please help me, please help me. And then uh, church started, and everyone's like, where's the minister? And then here comes the homeless guy, and he starts yeah. taking off his stuff, and it's the minister. And he's yeah. like, y'all, what the hell? Well, <laughs> to be TF, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that's a great thing. It's a... You, know, you can talk about your religion any, and I don't care what religion it is. You talk yeah. about your religion until you're blue in the face and how yours is the correct one. But if you're not acting with love in your heart, then mm-hmm. I don't believe I don't believe you are the religion you say you are because yeah. you're full of crap. Exactly. I mean, it, <laughs> every you know. major religion and every minor religion, the major tenet, the golden rule, says the exact same thing. They just say it differently. Yep. And it always says treat others the way you should. You know, with kindness, basically. Yeah. 
They're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Every single one of them. And see, that's that's what it is. I mean, if you, if you believe in Christianity, you know, you got the fall of man, and it's like, well, that that's why we all suck as beings, you know. And then you see little children, and I can go both ways. Go to any kindergarten class and watch little kids fighting over their toys or whatever, because they're all ego. It's all ego-based. Yeah. So if you go metaphor, once again, Lucifer being the ego, yeah. right, and your and God being your your id, your mm-hmm. you know, the loving wonder yeah. kind of person. It's also fascinating. It is. I love I just, it. I love the the theology mixing with the psychology, mixing with the sociology. I mean, yeah. It's just I sit here and talk about all that. That's shit why I love Rob Bell. I find I love Rob Bell's podcast. I really yeah, like yeah, it. he's a pretty decent guy. Yeah, um, I dig it. You know, I I actually enjoy listening to him more than anybody else in the religious world, yeah. just because he he kind of understands that there's a way to be a Christian. And there's a way to help people without being an asshole, <laughs> you know? Amen. And, you know, it's like everybody bashes on him for being in the whole Oprah camp or whatever. But it's like he's not spouting off a whole bunch of hippie shit. I mean, I mean he stays he true to himself. Yeah, he does. And he stays true to what he actually believes. He yeah. just, he does what Paul did, where he presents it in a way that the culture of the time will understand. Yeah, I really dig him. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, know? if... If I met Lucifer on the street, if he looked pretty normal, like if he didn't scare me when I saw him or whatever, yeah. if I met Lucifer, I'd be like, dude, can we go get a cup of coffee? I have like a million questions. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And just yeah. like I would with Jesus or God yeah, or whatever, yeah. I, I would be like, I really I want to ask you some stuff. I'm not... You know, no, you can't come in. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Because yeah. what a fascinating conversation. Anne Rice wrote a book called Memnock the Devil. Yep. That kinda, I've read all of her. God, that was such a good book. Yeah, I love that book. Yeah, it was. And uh, it's fascinating stuff, man. Fascinating. It is. Thank you for being on the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really As appreciate I, it. You know, I hope people enjoy it. And if anybody wants to think I'm absolutely insane, you Let know what? Them. There are... Times where I believe that I'm absolutely insane. You know, it's the sane ones that think they're insane. Exactly. And it's the crazy people that think they're normal. So yeah, you've got that going for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think you're crazy at cool. all. Cool. Yeah, my wife doesn't think I'm crazy. Or if she does, she hides it real well, and yeah. I appreciate the hiding. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so one more time uh, Jeff's show is Nerdly Podcast. N R D L Y. There's no E. You can yeah. just go to nerdly.net and N-R-D-L-Y. you can find it. And I'll, I'll put a link. So. Hope you enjoy the t-shirt. Oh my gosh, I love the t-shirt.